and welcome to the Playwright Bomb Repertory Bomb Podcast. It is me, Sarah Lena Sparks, joined with my wonderful co-host Mitchell Huntley. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the horror movie that is the Playwright Repertory Podcast. Today we are joined. Sorry, what was that? You know, you know how horror movies are always like. Bah. And then they have the violin go, and then they open the door, and it's like, I'm gonna kill you. Well, I, I just I think of like the, the the theme to Halloween. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. That's what uh, I think of. I think of horror movies. Uh, well, today we are joined by the opposite of a horror movie. More like a lovely movie, am I right? <laughs> am I right or am I right? Yeah, I'm right. Uh, we're joined by one of the most lovely people on the planet and one of the biggest fans of the pod. Uh, we're joined by Mia Kaplan. Hello, Mia. Hello. I'm so excited. This is a very wonderful introduction. I'm very honored. Well, we are excited to have you um, as a featured writer on the podcast today. Yes. Uh, today we will be reading one of Mia's scripts, which is very exciting. But first, as per tradition, we will be playing tradition. Magnet to Your Computer. Magnet to Your Computer. Ah! I know I don't have to explain to you how this works, Mia. Mia, are you ready? I'm should, should you explain for the people ready. at home? Okay, for the people at home. Uh, Mitchell, you want to explain it? So, yeah. So uh, we call this game Magnet to Computer. If you've ever heard of the game Gun to Your Head, but a lot less violent this one is. Uh, so basically, we treat it like your computer is like your everything where you write down your plays and all your ideas. And if you take a magnet to that, it wipes out all the data. So basically, it's first thing that comes to your mind when you have to answer these questions it will be asking. So that is Magnet to Your Computer. Sarah, take it from here. Okay, Mia. Lift off and the clock has started. If you could turn into any animal, what animal would you turn into? A dog. I want to sleep, eat, and poop all day. That sounds great. <laughs> what kind of dog? <laughs> oh, I guess I should be more specific. I feel like a golden retriever. You know, mm, I feel like, I feel like they're retriever. so joyous, and they're and they're not too small where they can be trampled. That's true. That's true. Yeah, like I once met a really tiny dog at the park and the owner called it a suicide machine because it oh, was no. constantly trying to like eat things that could kill it because anything can like choke the dog, you know? So he was like, never get yeah. a dog this small. Anyway, number two, favorite piece of theater. Oh my God. Right like now. Ever? Just right now. Impulse. Impulse. Yeah, impulse. Oh, Magnet to your computer. I mean, uh, my favorite musical of all time is The Bridges of Madison County. There it is. I think there it, it is. is. That's, it is that's a, it. a music masterpiece. But my favorite play is The Flick by Annie Baker. There it is. There, there we got you. All right. Question number three. You can have any themed birthday party. What's the theme? <gasps> oh, my gosh. And, like, the budget is, like, $10 million. It can be so oh, amazing. Shit. $10 I million. Want, um, I want a Meryl Streep-themed birthday party. There it is. Party. Mm-hmm. There it is. So, wait, everybody would, you, would everybody dress up as different Meryl Streep? Yeah, and then Meryl will show up and perform Super Trooper. There it is. What? Which Meryl Streep are you? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like because it would be my birthday, I feel like I have to be Devil Wears Prada. 
Okay. You can also do changes. I mean, throughout it's your I can. That is true. Because I I could also I feel like maybe me showing up in a Donna Donna and the Dynamo's outfit would be the would be the way to go. But also Miranda Priestley really is just the star of the show. She is. So All right. mm-hmm. question number four. Aliens invade the earth. You have to give them one object that you believe encapsulate encap encapsulates is that the right am i saying that right encapsulates encapsulates humanity what object are you giving them oh god sorry i mean i think this really depends on the culture of the humans right Right, but right 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 now right now now. this very second um i think i would give them a cell phone yeah like an iphone you know yeah unfortunately i feel like that is quite. Like what what, what generation mind. iPhone? Um, I think I would go with a, a seven. Solid, solid, a solid seven. number. Yeah. A solid number. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was like right before the transition to the two cameras. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number five. What TikTok are you on? Oh, I'm on um, currently. I'm on the, the literally every other video is the people doing the Zanzibar dance. <laughs> and, um, I'm on, uh, oh gosh, I'm on like social justice TikTok. Mm-hmm. I'm on, um, oh my god, musical theater TikTok. Oh, of course I'm on musical. I'm on Bridgerton TikTok. I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> Call this a honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the tricky one. Um, I I also just uh, I definitely am on sort of. Uh, I get I've never I've never been on straight TikTok, but I get on my for you page. I get um, fan pages for like Addison Ray. Oh. And I don't know why. I've never had Aunt Do you need Ray a bad for you bleep? Page. Addison Ray? <laughs> Little Shardy the Baddest? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, um, I'm on all the TikToks, but my favorite TikTok, uh, I don't know. I like the ones um, where it's the children and they're like, how do you, are you smart? Those are my favorites. Okay. Uh, <laughs> question number six. What is your go-to pair of shoes? Oh, my go-to pair of shoes. Um, let's see. I feel like the pair that I wear the most are my Air Force Ones. It sounds basic, okay. but um, okay. also I just, I have a lot of pairs of Doc Martens and my feet haven't grown since fifth grade. So they're, most of them I bought in fifth grade. So like my right. patent leather pink Doc Martens, I don't get to wear them a lot because they're very, uh, you know, specific. But they're a good one. I love that. I saw this one TikTok that it was like in a couple, one person wears docks and one person wears vans. And I was like, that's so true. Um, anyway, uh, no, question number seven. You can bring one fictional character to the real world and have them be in your life. Who is that fictional character? It's Charlie Barber from Marriage Story. Is that- <laughs> Okay, here's like a sin. I've actually never seen Marriage Story. Oh my god. Is that god. Adam Driver? Seriously, of course it's Adam Driver. 
Do you know me? Adam Driver, come on. Of course it's Adam Driver. And he's, he's like, like a, I want to kill you, right? Every morning I wake up, yeah, and I want to kill you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't want that version. He's also a director, you know. Wait, so he, do you just want Adam Driver or do you want the character specifically? I, I think I want the character. Okay. <laughs> because his show is, you know, just going on Broadway. He could, he could you know, put me in a show. Mm-hmm. And he sings Being Alive. Wonderful. All right. Question number eight. You could live anywhere in the world. Where would you live? Oh, my gosh. Um, London. Me, too. We should yeah. live there together. Please. Question number nine. Favorite cracker slash chip. If or if you you're in like London. Or if you're in London, Chris. 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 Um, kettle chips has this, like, Parmesan garlic kettle chip that's just um, a masterpiece fantastic you know right now i've been um i have a very strong relationship with cheez it's and they make my day better mm. every day i eat them so that, that's what i would say and that's a now great choice. question number 10 have you i've been waiting this? my whole life for this question, question number 10 bambi's dad or hercules I'm going with Bambi's dad. Yes. Bambi's dad. There we go. Yes. There we go. You know, I just feel like Hercules is like a little too, he's a little too, um, you know, full of himself for me. Exactly. You know, exactly. he's a little self-centered. He's, he, I don't know. This is true. I feel like, you know, he would, would be the, he wouldn't make it a, a relationship of two people. It would just be about him. You know? <laughs> exactly. My yeah. thoughts Exactly. All right. Well, that was Magnet to Your Computer with Mia Kaplan. Mitchell, take it away. All right. So now we're going to be reading Mia's play, Paisley and Elijah. And we have our wonderful, wonderful cast here. Uh, In the role of Paisley, we have Bella Arnold. Hey. Podcast veteran Bella Arnold. Yes, veteran. We're trying. We're trying to tie her up with Ben Suskin for the number of times they've been on the pod. And in the role of Elijah, we have Jordan Spina. Hi there. <laughs> and I will be reading stage directions. All right. And now, Paisley and Elijah. Paisley and Elijah sit on a bench, knees touching. His hand is placed on her leg, and we see it rise towards her cheek. Elijah leans in to kiss Paisley, but rather than place her lips on his, she stops him. You're fucker. Shit, I'm sorry, I shouldn't... No, 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 you're fine, I... You don't uh, have to explain yourself, it's it's totally okay. No, but I want to. I want to. Um, I do want to kiss you, quite desperately, actually, but, uh, shit. I don't know how to say this. It's totally fine. You don't have to censor yourself or anything. Don't worry about my feelings. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me. I'm sorry. Paisley, stop apologizing. Okay, okay. I can't kiss you because I am um, scared. I'm scared. That sounds so stupid. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That's it? <laughs> you, you had me worried there. No, no, no. I'm not scared of the act of kissing you. I'm afraid of... What comes after, I guess. Whoa, you don't have to. Ah, nope, I mean, like, feelings? 
Yeah. Those. Mm-hmm. So, are you saying you have them? Kinda. I'm saying that I see the potential for them. Uh, big ones, actually, but um, I, I don't know if I'm ready for them, if that makes sense. It definitely does. This sounds way more profound than it should, but I'm, like, afraid because I, I, I think that I would fall so deeply and viscerally in love with you that I wouldn't know how to function without you. Oh, shit. I don't think you understand how genuinely perfect you are. Perfect because of your imperfectness. It's like the little gap in your teeth, the cowlick that you can't seem to get down, the, the the way that you flare your nostrils when you get excited, the way that you can talk about fucking Moliere for hours and somehow it's still interesting. It's the way that you look into my eyes and make me feel like I live in a world free of chaos and judgment and discrimination and even Republicans, which is very hard to do, might I add. It's like, it's that you make me feel like I'm going to love you more than I love myself. And there is nothing more dangerous than that. Well, what would happen if I were to love you the same? What if my love filled the gap between the love that you have for me and the love that you have for yourself? I don't think it works like that. But how do you know that? (laughs) We haven't tried. Maybe you're like overestimating how I'm going to make you feel. And maybe you'll love me just the right amount and we can have a happy, healthy relationship. Love gap, whatever that means, doesn't feel very healthy. It feels like codependency. Okay, then we'll find another solution. Elijah, I don't think there are other solutions. But <laughs> I don't want my love for someone to require a solution. All this talk just makes me want to love you more. <laughs> that is cheesy, but yeah, I understand. If we both want it, why won't you just let me kiss you or, or, or even you can initiate it if that makes you feel better. I don't know. I told you I'm terrified. But why? I promise I won't hurt you more than you would hurt me. That's not what I'm worried about. And what else? I'm not going to like bite you or like fucking, I don't know, give you mouth herpes or something. I'm afraid of contentment. I'm afraid of what happens when I feel pure elation. I'm afraid of what happens when I don't feel trauma, when I don't have something to go home and write about in my stupid manifestation journal. It's my deepest fear in life, which is literally the most embarrassing thing ever. I just, I feel like my art comes from pain and I'm, I'm genuinely scared that I'm just going to lose all my sense of ability when I find happiness. You're afraid to be happy? That's why I didn't talk to you sooner. That's why, like, I've never allowed myself to be known as beautiful or, God forbid, like, sexy. Oh, Lord, I can't even say that. I say that I want love and I want joy and all that bullshit. But in the deepest part of my soul, I don't know if I could deal with it. Seriously, I don't know how I would respond. I would probably have to, like, find a new job. People listen to my music because it's raw and it's real and they can feel their issues being exclaimed from the fucking rooftops. Nobody wants to hear about sunshine and rainbows or about how safe I feel in your arms. And that's why I'm not doing it. For the first time since I've known you, I think you're wrong. Oh, Jesus. I'm definitely wrong quite a bit of the time. No, Paisley, I don't question what comes out of your mouth. It's always so effortlessly confident that I don't question it. But this was different. This was an insult to how hard you work, 
how much you do to make sure you succeed. Yeah, but I need source material to even have the opportunity to work my ass off. Jesus Christ, can you just stop? Can you please just see that I'm trying to tell you that you are so much more than your pain, than your pain, and people are attracted to your soul and your being, not just the stories you have to tell. In my opinion, us loving each other unconditionally is not going to cause you any harm. You deserve to be loved. You know what? I'm going to say it again because I know you don't fucking believe it. Paisley Richardson, you deserve to be loved and adored and cherished forever and ever. Can you hug me, please? He hugs her. It's long. You can see they clearly want to love each other. I'm sorry. I really am. I know. Thank you, though. Anytime. For future reference, don't wear that cologne and you plan on kissing girls. Why? I thought I smelled like... man. Exactly. It seems like you're trying to compensate for something. Well, what if I am? <laughs> don't make assumptions. <laughs> Will you still send me your playlist, though? I feel like I won't find any music without you, and I absolutely cannot have that. Oh, of course. I am fully aware of my impeccable taste and would not want to deprive you of such greatness. <laughs> well, don't get emotional over me yet. You still gotta drive me home. Oh, God. I really should have drawn the line when I knew you couldn't drive. Hey, hey, I'm working on it. You know, maybe this is one of those right person, wrong time situations. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I guess we'll never know. I think I'm okay with that. Honestly, I think I might be too. They smile and leave the stage. End of play. Thank you so much, Bella and Jordan. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, reading for Paisley and Elijah. It was a great time. You guys were fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, and that was Paisley and Elijah by Mia Kaplan. Wonderful piece. Um, now we're going to go into our feedback. Feedback. Um, the first thing I'll say for feedback is just it's really lovely um, to watch. And I love and like here, I guess we're not like watching it with our eyes. But um, I just I love the ending and I love how it's truly like a friendship first kind of situation and I think these people have a deep understanding for each other that um you get in that like short amount of time that we get to know them yeah which is really nice Mitchell yeah and I think it's really I feel like it's refreshing to have that sort of stream of consciousness especially from Paisley where I feel like god I something I don't like about modern theater contemporary theater is Oh, it's all about the subtext. Like, say it. I feel like yeah. I feel like people people try to sub, leave the subtlety for for the screen. Like that's what I think. I think leave the subtlety for the screen. The, the I feel like plays should be more like evocative and emotional. And I feel like that's really what I think you really accomplish really well with Paisley and where she's just like word vomit saying how she feels. And I think that's just it's really nice and refreshing. To see that, uh, see that on stage, hear it, I guess here. But I think that's it. Just feels nice to 
have someone just saying how they feel, especially with like teenage characters. Yeah. Because like teenage characters are always just so moody, you know? Yeah. But like, and I, I think, hate that. <laughs> I hate I moodiness. I think it's like more than just like, it's not about the subtext. It's like, it's actually showing a functional relationship. Like these people are actually saying exactly what they mean to tell the other person. Yeah. Because so many times, Dysfunction for like the isn't sake fun. of drama, we have to watch these relationships that are just bad and then Bridgerton. we think you know growing up when we see those we think that's what's supposed to happen but like they're not a functional relationship like that's not good so even just to like have this of like this is a way that you can communicate like your emotions and it still ends amicably and of course there's all this like coulda woulda shoulda whatever but it's still like you know what at this moment in our lives this just isn't gonna work out and that's okay Um, Which is really nice to see, I think, um, considering how much like garbage that we have to watch, like garbage relationships that we have to watch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Even like the most like the TV shows and stuff everyone loves just contains the most garbage relationships. Like I said, I I, I offhand said Bridgerton because I know like that's one of the things like. Bridgerton? Oh my god. Yeah. Well, like, first of all, pulling out doesn't work, and I really think I should have <laughs> talked about that more. In- Ninth grade health could have taught you that one. Bridgerton. Yeah, I really right. think they should have talked about that more, uh, but this isn't yeah, the Bridgerton and, and podcast. And, like, in, in New Girl, like, we all idolize Nick and Jess, but that's an awful relationship. They have such a bad relationship. <laughs> it's it's so terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think personally, I think she was just always supposed to end up with Ryan and they realized they made this flawless Chloe. character in a flawless relationship. And then they're like, and oh, that was she's supposed to end up with Nick. Them. So they sent him away. But yeah. that's another conversation for another time. Uh, I digress. <laughs> yes. But really, just I, I think it's lovely and I think it's perfect as it is, like as a little like sceney play. Um It is just like the straight into the conversation, straight into the conflict. No bullshit. Like, okay, this event happened in the beginning and now we're just going to talk about what that happened about its repercussions. Yeah, I love that there's no moments of in the beginning of like just fluff before we get we get into the action right into the conflict, which I I don't like fluff. (laughs) Yeah, it's just there's nothing that's standing in the way of of the um, of the conflict or at least building up into this, it just gets straight to the point. I think that's really, that's really nice. I, even though I know, like I like write a lot of fluff. I think it's, it's really nice to just have the conflict and just. I mean, fluff it. is great. Fluff is great. Fluff is great. <laughs> but also sometimes, especially with short plays, you want to just get to yeah, the short dang plays. Point. You have no room. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, my only question would be, and I don't know the answer to this. Like, I don't think there's any like right or wrong is like, when they kind of start monologuing, like, is there any, would the other person interject at all? Because they do have some long parts of speech. And I could see it both ways of, like, the, them being very respectful of each other and being like, okay, I need you to, like, talk and, like, you know, like, I want to listen totally. to you. But that's just one of my questions. Because they do that, not a lot, but enough to be like, okay, yeah. you know? Um, that would be my only question. Because I know that sometimes people are turned off by those like big chunks of text. Um, Definitely. So yeah. that would they be my only question to you. Yeah. I did. I did edit them down because you said that last time. Yeah. I think I said, <laughs> well, cause that's normally my thing of like, that's. Oh no, I totally get it though. 
Yeah. Like for anybody writing, a lot of times if you write these monologues, it's like, uh, maybe it's not. Uh, yeah. Why? Not why? Why doesn't the other person interrupt? Yeah. That's, yeah. If you I can't, think if I you can't answer also, that correctly, then like in college audition mode, it was like, why don't plays have good monologues <laughs> for me to yeah, do for totally. my college audition? Yeah, well, that's great. I definitely will. That being said, I always am a favorite of taking lines with people in between and just making a monologue out of that. Yeah, that's always what I love. That's a good tip because I think a lot of really good plays lack the monologues. You know, Um, you don't have to have have monologues, but I think I think it's nice when you're able to even like take lines out that are to your people talking in between because then you have to have a change in strategy i think yeah. it's actually but that's a completely different topic also who when do i audition for things now but <laughs> <laughs> but that's always been my strategy um anyway well great job mia uh mr do you have any other feedback uh i do not well now we're gonna go into our Thank interview you. with the playwright questions for the playwright Questions. Questions. All right, Mia, what inspired you to write this piece? Oh, yes. The usual <laughs> question. Um, I had a dream. And I decided Fantastic. to write about it. Uh, you know, this pure classic old dream. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and, and, that's uh, it. That's cool. And, and I and, sort of just, <laughs> like, uh, you know, made it more interesting. Well, um, that was yeah. sounds like it was a good dream because it, it's great. Yeah, Paisley is me, if you didn't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, not, it, it's based off of me. It's not actually me. Um, you know, had to amp up the insecurity a little bit more to just create a character. And I didn't want it to be fully me. But I, I wrote it because I... This is the first thing I ever wrote uh, fully, like, that I finished. I've written, like, a page before. But um, I wrote it because I was tired of doing theater that I didn't connect to. So I wanted to write a piece for myself to perform. Yeah, Um, yeah, a lot of writers would agree with you. I'm just like, I... yeah. I'm in theater and none of this none of this stuff is working for me, you know. Yeah, like that, to, that's a great yeah. reason to start writing. Yeah. yeah. And I started with the monologues because I was kind of just I'm in a stream of consciousness and you know, create something around it. Also a I great feel, a great yeah. technique to start writing. Just monologue. Yeah. Yeah. It almost felt like journaling and then I amped it up quite a bit. That's kind of what playwriting story is. Around it. And I tried, I tried expanding it. I tried adding more scenes. That's why originally it says end of scene, not end of play. But um, I just, I didn't, I didn't feel like it had to go on. Yeah. So I kept it this way. I think that that's great. And so many artists like don't know when to stop, you know, like, Sometimes there are things and they just live in this small little bubble and that's enough. You know, they don't need yeah. to, they don't need to expand anymore. Um, so I think it's great that you like found your halting mm-hmm. point. And then Jessica wrote a song. That's true. <laughs> there is a song. So there is a song that goes with it. But yeah. And then I don't know. Uh, I liked the name Paisley, and so I named it's her cute. Paisley. <laughs> 
And I, I wasn't intending it for to just, you know, not go anywhere. But here we are. <laughs> yeah. What What do you think, um, since this was your first piece, this is really interesting to ask, what was the hardest part about writing this play, writing your first, like, piece of, like, short theater? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, I just hated everything. <laughs> Initially, I was like, this is garbage. This is mm-hmm. so cheesy. This is, like, I remember after I wrote it the first time, I went into the Zoom group, and I was like, this is the cheesiest thing ever. And Sarah just said, it's supposed to be cheesy. It's a love story. And I was like, I guess so. <laughs> so I kind of just went with it. And I, I had to get over a lot of, uh, you know, just self-critical. And I I think that I definitely wrote it as an actor. And uh, clearly the Paisley character is much more... Um, at least at first was much more Elijah was kind of just filler at first. <laughs> and then I kind of had to, to, you know, make him a person to make the story work. But uh, yeah. And I, I think it was just getting started and making myself continue. Totally. I've definitely started and erased 18 million times before mm. I got a full page, you know? Kill your darlings. Well, like what you're saying about just like, I hated it. Like, I think that's every single writer I've ever met. Any (laughs) artist really like, I don't know that many people that are like, oh, I'm the best. Like, this is great. Um, Because, you know, especially (laughs) if you're from the like actor perspective, really any performing arts, you're used to being critiqued and like always knowing that there's something that you can do better like getting notes after every single show of like even if you felt great there's still something that you could do better um so I think with writing like it adds that extra pressure of like oh like this has to be flawed like something's not great about this I hate this and then also just like it is writers have to be so vulnerable and like literally let their brain like live outside of their brain which is the scariest thing on the planet yeah um and like what you're saying about the cheese and stuff i think that's like and i don't even think it was that cheesy but the parts that are like that's totally okay like we'll watch it you know like (laughs) i think like everybody has to let their pieces live in the genre that they are like during mm-hmm. quarantine, I have watched the Twilight series an unhealthy amount of times <laughs> because Good. and it's terrible and it's cheesy, but I want it, you know, like that's what I it's mm-hmm. nice to watch. Like and it's not trying to be anything that it's not. Um, and I think for yeah, just like let it let it ooze in the cheese a little bit because it's really yeah. nice that way. And especially, like, love stories and things like that. Um, Love has such, like, an escapism, like, factor to it. So just to get that, I think, you know, makes you want to watch it. Yeah. Like, I I want to watch Paisley and Elijah. I like both of them. You know, I like what they're saying to each other. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I So our next question is, um, what do you want audiences to take away from this play? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know <laughs> if I thought about that. <laughs> I want audiences to take away from this play just that, you know, it doesn't, not everything has to be 
drama filled, you know, communication does a lot. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I think that it just is a lesson about friendship and empathy and um, seeing different sides of a story and deciding to go with the one that's going to work out best for both parties, not just one. Cool. Oh, so wholesome. I love it. That's I love great. it. I mean, it reminds me of it. Reminds me of um the one the one thing in um in Ant Man two, Ant Man and the Wasp, when um <laughs> when they show no, but they show a really like healthy like yeah um healthy like divor- divorces like a relationship between them was like mm-hmm. really nice and like refreshing. You don't see yeah. that often. Everyone's like Ant Man oh. and his ex wife are just like. They're friends. They're just chilling and yeah. they're doing a yeah. beautiful job co-parenting their daughter. Yeah. It's just like it's yeah. something that like everyone always tries to make that like the trope of like, oh, it's really like acrimonious and like everyone's mad at each other all the time. It's all like you don't have to have that. And you can still have like drama without yeah. it being like the worst breakup in the history of breakups. Yeah. Like exactly. it's that's something that you just I think so often people fall into that trope of it has to be like end of the world sky is falling awful but it doesn't have to be it can be something really like it can end really good and i think people yeah. still like to see that <laughs> and it's i think it was all or oh go ahead oh are you do you want to go go ahead okay um it's interesting <laughs> that you said um like that you brought up marvel movies because i actually thought about that too because there are so many marvel movies where the the actual universe is at stake and like Especially now, I'm so over that. So to have something so simple, like simple and simple, I think is a beautiful word that isn't used enough the way it should be of like things don't have to be super complicated to be like credit credit worthy, you know, something can be simple and beautiful and just like speak for for itself yeah. It's like um, it's like buttered noodles, you know, oh, just like plain oh, plate of noodles yeah. with a little bit of butter. It's just like plain painted noodles with a little bit of butter. And on but that, it's no, just yeah. like it's it's homey and it's it's um, relatable and it's it's just like it's very comforting. Yeah, it's I forget yeah. who said it. It's the difference between art that makes you think and art that makes you feel. And I think that's what I think. Like. A lot of complicated, like, I know you're talking about, like, Marvel movies and, like, movies and TV shows, but, like, there's, like, art that makes you think and, like, super complicated and you have to, like, really think about it, maybe rewatch it a couple times. And there's art that makes you feel. And I feel like where you can just experience it and let it wash over you and whether or not it makes you feel, like, sad by the end or really elated, I think that there is, um, that's the kind of, that's a theater and, like, art that we don't have as much of now and i feel like people always give like the awards on stuff to this one the ones that make you have to think a lot but i feel like yeah. we should we should still have i think there's buttered noodles value. there's value buttered in noodles. buttered noodles there's and always everybody value. loves it nobody's gonna pass it up yeah who doesn't love a buttered noodle and i think that uh, that goes i mean as as an artist i feel like my mission has always been to evoke empathy in some way and so i feel like mm-hmm. my, a lot of my writing has more of that uh, make you feel something flare. And also, I just think it, it was my brain being like, this is how I hope it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love it. I yeah. love it. And now we will be doing uh, Mitchell's contract contracted contracted. No, nope, contractually that's like obligated. A contractually obligated game <laughs> where he takes some part of your story, stretches it real far, real and far. finds some sort of like <laughs> yeah. trivia game, which you would really have no reasoning to know these answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, when Ben Tuscan did the Adam Driver one, I just want to say when I was listening, I did get every question correct. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That is good. That is very good. All right. Mm-hmm. So, of course, the <laughs> part that I stretched this the, this week was uh, how our characters were. Uh, how could it, how do you say it? Over on the bench, and uh, that's two John Mulaney references today, by the way. Um, over on a bench, and so I thought about the different definitions of bench, and what came to me was Supreme Court justices being on the bench. So, oh my god! So to this, yes. So. This week's game is called Oh Yay, Oh Yay, Oh Yay, Questions from the Bench. So this game is going to be about trivia about the Supreme Court justices. This is going to be trivia about them. Um, some superlatives and fun facts I'm right there. I'm going to be so awful at this. It's okay. This thing is <laughs> But here's the thing. So the only justices that will be answers are justices appointed before the 21st century. So, sorry, Roberts, Alito, Sotomayor. Those are the only Kagan, ones I know. <laughs> Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and... Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's okay. The last... The first two names so are bleeped. So, RBG is an answer. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um, I will be saying RBG for everyone. <laughs> it's okay. It's multiple choice, so... Oh, great, great. Yeah, great. yeah, Don't worry. So, question number one. Who was the longest-serving Supreme Court justice? Was it A, Chief Justice John Marshall, B, William O. Douglas, C, Thomas Johnson, or D, John Paul Stevens? I have zero clue. I didn't take <laughs> AP Gov, and in my class, we didn't get to this part because um, my teacher took too long explaining the Constitution. You have a 25% chance to say A, B, C, or D. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with B. You are you correct. It, right. it is William oh O. God. Douglas. He served oh. for 13,358 days. Also, wow, all those names, all those names are the same to me. I know. Yeah. I know. John Marshall, William Douglas, Thomas jo- Thomas Johnson's pretty. They know, all like, sound like very generic white men. They're just. They're all, they're all the same to me. <laughs> they're all very generic white men. It, these are all right. the same name. It's like that office meme of like. They're the, they're same, the picture. same picture. These yeah. are all the same names. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Question number two. Who is the shortest Supreme Court justice? I'm sorry. The shortest serving Supreme Court justice. Mm. Is it. A. Thomas Johnson, B. John Paul Stevens, C. David Souter, or D. Abe Fortas. Oh God. A, B, C, or D. Um. C. That is incorrect. David Souter is oh, not the man. shortest. Uh, <laughs> it is, in fact, A. Thomas Johnson, who served one hundred and sixty-three days as oh, wow. Supreme Court Justice. That's not including. The most recent Supreme Court justice, um, but yeah. who currently has the fewest number of days. Yeah. But, um, and hopefully will resign and become the shortest serving. But 
Uh, anyway, yeah, please. Yes, I please. was. I've been. I was told actually to mention that uh, to make the joke that instead of Abe Fortas, I should have said Abe Froman, uh, also known as the Sausage King of Chicago, in Ferris oh. Bueller's Day Off. But oh. I was too chicken to make that joke, which is actually now two different um, types of meat that I just mentioned. So, question number three: <laughs> Which Supreme Court justice is or was notorious for being quite tight-lipped? Is it A. William Brennan, B. Chief Justice William William Rehnquist, oh God, C. Clarence Thomas, or D. Sandra Day O'Connor? Um. I'm going to go with D because it sounds like a woman's name and I say always bet on women. Unfortunately, that's not the answer this time around. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is in fact, the answer is in fact C, Clarence Thomas, who uh, is still serving on the Supreme Court, unfortunately, but he is notoriously, uh, notoriously known. He's known notoriously for being, uh, not speaking as much during oral arguments. He's very, He's been speaking a lot more recently, but... Oh, then I guess I'm glad that it's not the woman. I'm glad that she was outspoken. Yes. Question number four. Which one-term Republican president is the only president to become chief justice of the Supreme Court? Is it A, William Howard Taft, B, Benjamin Harrison, C, Chester A. Arthur, or D, Rutherford B. Hayes? I'm going to go with A. That is correct. It was yes. William Howard Taft. <laughs> I always forget about so many presidents during like the Lazy Fair government era, you know. Yeah. See, my, see, my party trick is I can name all the presidents in order. No one will ever ask wow. me to do it. It's a party trick that will get me kicked out of parties. But Okay, yeah. but one of Mitchell's also party tricks is he can truly name like all the senators. Like if I, I say, don't don't test me on that. Wow. <laughs> I can Most I can name I can name you know. I can name at least one senator from every single state. If not both. That's really great. Um It's because I have a I crippling news addiction. John Ossoff. I, know, yeah, I can name both Ossoff. senators from Georgia right John now. Ossoff, <laughs> John Ossoff actually critiqued my... My father has a podcast. I am a second-generation podcaster. Uh, and second John generation Ossoff podcaster listened American. to my dad's podcast and did not enjoy it. He oh, tweeted... No. He was like, he was like, Mac Power users, good, but pretty basic. Needs to get to the meat. And so now... He didn't say I, basic. He said good on formation, but they yeah. really could get to the point. Yeah. No, but he said get to the meat. He said get to the meat. Did he say get to the meat? Because now I tell my dad all the time, I'm like, Dad, get to the meat. You did send this to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I get to (laughs) fact fact check this. So am I technically like three degrees away from John Ossoff? Everything is if you try hard enough. (laughs) Yeah. He's the new Kevin Bacon. Everyone is uh, (laughs) three degrees degrees from from John Ossoff. Oh my gosh. I have okay, I have no time to fact check this. Question number five. Which justice Famously wrote about pornography, I know it when I see it. I know it when I see it. (laughs) Was it A, John Paul Stevens, B, Potter Stewart, C, William O. Douglas, or D, Oliver Wendell Holmes? Oh, I don't know. I was, the second one sounded kind of, kind of, um, you know, suspicious. But, and then I heard Wendell Holmes. Wendell Holmes. Oliver Wendell Wendell Holmes. Holmes. Wendell Holmes. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna go D. You're gonna go D. Oliver Wendell Holmes. Yes. You, you should have gone with your. You should have gone with your instinct because oh, it was no. Potter Stewart who said said uh, 
I don't know how to define pornography, but I but know, I know when I see, see it. it. <laughs> Which is episode the- six of of Bridgerton. That's what that is. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you're not. No. I, I mean, I have never I haven't seen it, but I assume you're not wrong. I also haven't seen it, but I've seen a lot of TikToks regarding it. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our game. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Questions from the bench. Uh, <laughs> wow, that was exhilarating. Exhilarating time. So yeah, thank you. We're so glad to have you, Mia. This was such yes. a fun, such a fun time. Um, uh, I'm Mia, so glad to be here. Where can people find you um, and tell you how amazing you are? Oh my gosh, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Mia underscore Kaplan. That's with a K. Uh, that's really what all the social media I use. I have a Twitter. I've never tweeted. Um, Do you have any other work that you would like to promote that you want people to watch or pay attention to? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you should also go on Instagram and follow at leatherboundprod. I think. (laughs) Um, And look out for our artist anthology series that is going to be coming out in the next month or so you know your your resident host mitchell huntley is also part of the leatherbound production team and oh, you might hear a familiar story performed by a familiar voice <laughs> meaning me i am playing paisley in my own show in this uh performance and uh some great art and we're very excited so i assume that if you are here you enjoy art so come in. So they're like, I don't enjoy more. art at all. I just like listening to people talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. Somebody's like, I well, you can listen to people this, talk like, more. Like, I Somebody's can't like, I'm art. only here for Mitchell's <laughs> games. I'm only I, here yes. for Mitchell's <laughs> games. No, they're like, I can't define art, but I but know, I know when, when I, I see it. it. <laughs> yes. I know when I see it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mia Kaplan. Uh, we have loved having you. Please come back to the mm-hmm. pod. Oh, I'll be back every week. I want to beat Ben Tuscan. All Don't right, we, all. we have another. <laughs> I'm, I'm, this is my official challenge. Entry, entry to this is Ben Suskin. Watch your back, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Ben Suskin has Kaplan. been threatened on the Player Repertory podcast. <laughs> 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 the hit out on Ben Suskin now, apparently. So that was Mia Kaplan. Mia Kaplan. Mia Kaplan. Uh, in her play Paisley and Elijah. If you have a play that you've been kicking around writing your first piece or your 10,000th piece, if so, wow, I'm, I'm really impressed. Uh, and your name would be Jordan Spina because Jordan Spina writes so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> if you have a piece, you can submit it here and we can have a reading here on the Playwright Repertory podcast. The link for that is, Sarah, do you want to do it or do you just want me to say it? It is, it is tinyurl. <laughs> Slash PRP submit. Oh, so close. <laughs> Tinyurl.com. Dot com. You forgot the dot com. No. <laughs> I'll get it one day. Slash PRP submit. We're getting incremental progress. So by next mm-hmm. episode, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tinyurl.com slash PRP submit. And we have, this was a love scene, you know, a love scene, kind of. So if you have a love scene, you've been kicking around, or you want to write a love scene, we have uh, a new Valentine's Day special that's coming out very soon. 
Uh, so you can go uh, to around the, Valentine's Day as on Valentine's Day. In fact, or one of our only episodes so far this season that will end up being coming out on a Sunday as opposed to a Monday. But we have that coming up, so you can go to the uh, link in our Instagram's link tree. Well, that was a mouthful, and you can go <laughs> submit to that and show us you are singing about love. Bow, 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 bow. I can feel the love. <laughs> And of course, this is episode 23, which means, I don't know about you, but there are 22 previous episodes of the Player Repertory podcast. Ah, Taylor Swift. Big Swifty over here. Swifties all invited. This is a safe space for Swifties. <laughs> so you can go listen to those. Tell your friends about them. You can get them, watch them on, watch them, listen to them on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Yes, go tell your friends about it. Anyone who's interested in playwriting, maybe they've been thinking about it, but they're too scared. They don't know how to start on it. Send them here. Let them know that our philosophy is that anyone can be a playwright. You just got to write something. Yeah, I mean, this was Mia's first piece, um, and we were so honored to have it on the podcast. So let us see your first piece. Um, You kind of heard Mia's, like, process of how she did it. it's that's great for somebody who's just starting off and even doing something small like Mia's piece was nine pages. Um, that's totally amazing and that works very well with the format of this podcast. So Absolutely. Try some stuff out and send it over. Have some let's have some fun here. Yeah. And Sarah, any final thoughts? Write some buttered noodles, my friends. Mm-mm. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>